Amen. Let's look at 22 again. It's Amen. Let's look at 22 again. It says, we looked at joy. I'm not going to look at peace tonight, but we'll look at peace probably in a few weeks. But I really want to zero my attention in on long-suffering, which, of course, means patience. Amen. If you read this in other translations, it actually uses the word patience and not long-suffering, which both mean the same thing. So tonight, the title of my message is called, Why Patience? Why Patience? And see, when you pre preach on patience, you don't get a lot of amens and praise the Lord, and, and I, I get it, amen. But, but again, it's one of the nine, amen, and this is one of the, the things that we have to have, and we know that the Holy Spirit produces patience. Why? Because in our humanness, ain't nobody trying to be patient. Come on, we live in a microwave generation. I want it right now. Can I get a witness up here? If, you, if, if we had the option... You're going for that microwave, not that crock pot. <laughs> Amen? But those of us that came up in that old school, uh, we knew how to ball on, the parents knew how to ball on the budget. Amen? You didn't go to church and ask for no candy. Can I get a... <laughs> Please. Boy, your mama will look at you, cut your eyes at you. Listen, you start watching the reverend again. Because, you know, back then they didn't call him pastor. We all deep now, pastor. Back in the day, it was reverend, <laughs> at least how I grew up. But let's look at this tonight. We're going to talk about patience. Patience means to have tolerance. It means to have endurance. It means to, be per to have persistence. I like this one. Even the word patient means to have tenacity because a lot of times when we think about patience, we think about just kind of just waiting. It's more to it than that. While you're waiting, you better be waiting with some tenacity with some, some, some uh, 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 persistence. Also, I like this, the word patient also means determination. Just because God hasn't done it quite yet, maybe it's just not your season, but you still have to stay determined. Why? Because seasons shift, seasons change. That's why Galatians 6 and 9, it says to not grow weary in well-doing for and what? Due season. Somebody say due season. It says you will reap if you faint not. One translation says, as long as you don't lose heart. Put that up. Let's go to that just real quick. Galatians 6 and 9. Let's just take a little sneak preview at this text as I'm laying the foundation. Let us not, not, not grow weary. It didn't say you wouldn't get weary. We all get weary, don't we? Especially if our work week is Monday through Friday. Sometimes you're not trying to roll out of that bed on Friday. But most of us know we got to punch that clock. Can I get a witness? So my point is that you get weary sometime during the week, but something, you're not going to grow weary because, you know, that can mess with your money. That can mess with your bottom line. Can I get a witness up in here? You're not trying to have nothing mess with your bottom line. So it says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall. Shall means without doubt reap if we don't lose heart. Why do people lose heart? A lot of times people lose heart because they stop being patient. We got to be patient. If you ever always say, no patience, no promise. If you want to see the promises of God moving, manifest in your life, you have to be patient. So again, patient means to have tolerance. In other words, while you're being patient, you got to be able to tolerate some stuff. Listen, Joseph knew one day that he would, would be, uh, you know, the, the person that would lead his family. He had dreams. God gave him visions. He saw his brothers bowing down to him, but he didn't see his brothers throwing them in the pit. 
He didn't see his brothers forsaking him and selling him to the Ishmaelites. But I say all that to say he saw the palace, but he didn't see the pit. Sometimes you got to be okay with going through even pit experiences. And we'll even get into that in a little bit. But, but, but again, patience means to be able to tolerate. So while you're in your, while you're in what I would say transition, you got to still learn how to be able to tolerate things. You have to be able to tolerate that God hasn't done it yet. Straight up, you have to be able to tolerate that, that it hasn't quite come to pass yet. Um, and then I like this, the word patient means staying in power. Even though it hasn't happened, I got staying in power. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not going to grow weary. I'm not going to lose heart because I know what God showed me. He gave me a sneak preview of my future. So I'm just going to be still and know that he's God. So let's get into this a little bit. That's just a little foundation. Um, why patience? Why patience, again, is the title of my message. Patience prevents you from acting premature. That's another reason why we need patience. Patience prevents you from acting premature. Go to uh, Psalm 46 and 10. I kind of quoted this already, but let's look at this real quick. And there's a couple other ones I want to look at this point. Look, it says, be still. Somebody say, be still. The word be still means to be undisturbed. And, and then it says, be still and know that I'm God. So he has to tell us, listen, I need you to be still. I need you to be undisturbed. I need you to know that I'm God. Don't forget, I've been solving problems for thousands of years. Can I get a witness up in here? Anybody in this building, he's been solving your problems for a little while? He's never failed us, amen? So he says, be still, which means be undisturbed, and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In other words, sometimes in order for God to be exalted, he has to do it through you. How he blesses you is exalting him. That's why he says he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. In other words, he gets a kick out of blessing his children. Anybody in this building, when your children do good, don't you just get a kick out of just being a blessing in them? You want to do more for them because they've been handling their business. They've been playing by your rules, if you will. That's how our Heavenly Father is. That's why Psalm 84 and 11, it says there's no good thing that he'll withhold from them that walk uprightly. Look at that real quick. It says, for the Lord your God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. Somebody say, no good thing. Will he withhold from those who walk uprightly? But just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not. But we have to be patient. Patience prevents you from acting premature. Go to Psalm 27 and 12. Psalm 27 and, and 12. Psalm, it says, uh, 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 do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me. Anybody ever been falsely accused, just lied on? Welcome to the club. It was already going on. That's why the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So it says, uh, for, it says, do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Even David was saying, I would have lost. Look at that. David was keeping it 100. He was saying, listen, I almost, 
literally flatline. But he made a decision to keep believing God. Really, what he did is he made a decision to keep being patient. Then it says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many know that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? In the land of the living. His goodness, amen? The Bible says goodness, surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow us all the days of our life. He said, I will cause your cup to run over. So again, let's put that text up real quick. One more. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There it is. Go back to where I was, though. That's good. Thank you for putting that up. I would have lost heart unless I believed. See, when you, are, when you believe in something, when you believe in God, you know, okay, I believe him, so I got to be patient because I believe what he's given me a sneak preview is going to come to pass. So I'm going to believe and I'm going to stay patient. Because I know something's got to shift over time, amen? That's why he said, just be still and know that I'm God. I, I got you, amen? Even though I know we live in a microwave generation, I'm a crockpot God. Sometimes I got I to gotta allow you to go through some things so that when I do bless you, you'll appreciate it, amen? Matter of fact, go, go to one more scripture here. Go, go, go to Romans 5 and 3, and if we could put this up in the King James Version, that would be great. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Look at this. So remember that. If, he said, I would have lost heart, but I believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Look at this. It says, and, and, and not only so, but we, we glory. Somebody say glory in tribulation. Pastor, you mean to tell me I got to give God praise while I'm going through? That's what the text said. It said glory. You look up the word glory in the Greek. It means to boast and brag. You need to boast and brag on how God's going to bring you out on the other side. So it says, and not only so, but we, we, we glory in tribulations with an S at the end. In other words, you sometimes might get hit with more than one or two things at the same time. Anybody done there? And had to say, what mean is this? Instead of cussing, Lord, what mean is this? Anybody been in a, I call it a what mean is this season? You're like, Lord, when are you going to bring me out of this? But in the meantime, I'm just going to glory in it. So he said, glory in tribulations. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. God will put you smack dab in the middle of a mess. Because he's trying to what? Build character. Go, go, go back to the text. Go back to the text. It says, but, but we glory in tribulation. Also knowing that that tribulation is work, worketh patience. So anybody that you know that's got patience, they've been through some stuff and had to pass some tests. Go, go, go back to, go, now go to verse 4. Then it says, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. You know how kingdom, we have all these themes like 2005 was the year of uh, expectation, no, the year of manifestation. That's, we came out the gate 2005 when we started Kingdom. That first year, the year of manifestation. Then I believe 2011 was the year of uh, overflow. Then we had one year, the year of, of uh, abundance and, 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 and all kind of, you know, all, we've, we've had about 12, we had 12 themes in the last 12 years. But before we started Kingdom, 2004, for me personally, was the year of patience, 2004. Most of you know my story. 
I couldn't start my church for a year, even though my lawyers told me I could start kingdom. I made a decision to wait a year and three days before we birthed kingdom, amen, because I wanted to be a man of integrity because I did sign a non-compete clause with the former church where I served as a deacon. Long story short, 2004 was a tough year for me because I had to be patient. And if I, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that it was easy, but I knew that if I remained patient, that God was going to do something supernatural in my life, amen, because I believe God honors integrity. That's why Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, it says, if a man walks in integrity, his children after him shall be blessed. Part of the reason why I didn't start kingdom in 2004, January, is because I didn't want to put my children in harm's way, and I wanted to be obedient to my former pastor. So I waited a year and three days, but I say all this that to say 2004 was a year of patience for me. It wasn't a year of overflow. It wasn't a year of favor. It wasn't a year of expansion. It was a year of be patient. It was a year of being made. It was a year of being processed. It was a year of being detoxed of some stuff. It was a year of laying on my face prostrate. It was a year of fasting for 21 days with no food. And I'm not talking about a 21-day fast where you fast from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm talking about I didn't eat anything for 21 days because I wanted God to empty me out of anything that was not like him before I started this journey called Kingdom in the Valley Christian Church. Amen. So my point is that 2004, I had to be patient. But during that time, put, put verse 3 back up again, 5 and 3. This is what I had to do. It says, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulations worketh patience. So I'm like, Lord, you didn't put me smack dab in this place called tribulations. I'm talking I experienced so much tribulation in 2004. I had so many different things coming at me, spirit of insecurity, God telling me, I'm sorry, Satan telling me, do not step out in 2005, January, telling me, well, where's the money going to come from? And, you know, because when you're in a year of waiting, you start getting vulnerable. You start getting, you start losing confidence, if you will, because you're like, and then you got people calling you saying, man, if you start today, we're going to come follow you. We're going to tithe to you. And that sounds cute. Did y'all catch that? To the flesh. I'm like, oh, really? I say, but you know what? I got to wait till January 2nd, 2005, because I want to be obedient and da-da-da-da. Even change my phone number and all that stuff, because I didn't want to be accused of splitting the church and all that stuff. I wanted to do things right. But 2004, man, I had to be patient. And I've watched how patience has paid off 11 years and nine months later. So I'm here to tell you, people of God, that if you're in a season, amen, where you feel like God's getting ready to do something, just be patient. Remember, my whole point is this, why, why patience? Because, number one, you don't ever want to do anything premature. And see, when you got patience, you'll learn how to wait. Just like for three years, eight months, and two days, we were between a fleet market, a cafeteria, and a gym. For three years, eight months, and two days, some people would have quit. Some people would have got discouraged. But I knew I'm not going to lose heart because I believed that God was going to do something. But Zechariah 4 and 10 says to not despise the day of small beginnings. That word despise means to not resent the day of small beginnings. Amen? You got to be faithful right where you are before promotion comes. Amen? 
So let's, let's, let's look at this a little bit more. There, well, there's that scripture about Zechariah 4. 10. But look at this. Number one, patience prevents you from acting premature. That's why we need, we need patience. De remember this, delay does not mean deny. Sometimes God will put you smack dab in a season called delayed because he's trying to work some things out in your life, amen? And then also, another thing is that we don't ever want to get ahead of God. I've watched some people just get ahead of God. God, yeah, God, I know we, we, we know God said you got a calling on your life, but he didn't say go preach today. You understand what I'm saying? I heard God calling me at 8, but I didn't pick up a Bible at 8. I heard him again loud and clear at 19. That's when I did Jonah. I didn't pick up and start preaching this thing until I was 25 years old, and I'll be 45 later this year. But my point is that I've had to go through some things to get to where I am. But one of the key components that you have to have if you really want to see God move in your life is that we have to be patient. Amen? I tell you what. My wife told me this the other day. We were talking. She said, I'd rather be a have-not than a has-not. Won't that preach? That'll preach. Because I've watched people, man, lusting for notoriety, lusting to be known, and lusting for titles. And that's why you see so many people that are bishops and apostles. Don't get me wrong. Some of those, those titles are legit for some of those people. But then you have some that they think that that's validation. That's not validation. A lot of them skip process. And part of the process is that you have to wait your turn. Sometimes you got to wait and just be patient. Amen? So number one, why patience? Patience presents, prevents you from acting premature. And because of time, we're going to move on to the next one. Patient, the next one is why patience? Patience will get you out of trouble. Go to Psalm 40 and 1. Psalm 40 and 1. Look at this. Patience will even get you out of trouble. Look at this. It says the chief musician, talking about David, Psalm of David, I've waited. Somebody say waited. Patiently, he said, for the Lord. And he inclined to me and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. Not just the pit, but the Bible says that he said he brought him out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon the rock, and he established my steps. But go, go, go back to verse 1. We're going to come right back. It says, uh, I, I waited patiently for the Lord. Now here it is. He's in this horrible pit. He's in a horrible season, if you will, in his life. Look like every, he, if he goes left, things are horrible. If he goes right, everything is horrible. He's in this horrible pit, the Bible says. He says, but I waited patiently. Then he said, so while he was waiting, but look at this, this is the key. While he was waiting, he, heard, he said he inclined, he, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. So my point is this, while he was waiting patiently for God to move in his horrible situation, he began to cry out to God. See, when we find ourselves in our own personal pits, we have to learn how to cry out to God. And also this, we have to learn how to be patient. But while you're being patient, that don't mean you stop praising. Because it's in that season of being patient that you even turn your praise life up even the more. That's a perfect time to begin to cry out to God. Because the Bible even says that God hears the cries of the righteous. And he said, I'll what? Deliver you out of all your trouble. So while you're in your patient season, that's a good time to give God praise. Because you know you're coming out in due season. Somebody give God a praise in this place.
Hallelujah. Patience will get you out of trouble. Sometimes, like the Bible says, vengeance is the Lord's. He said, I'll repay. I'm talking about your haters. I'm talking about the people that have done you wrong. Sometimes you just got to be patient. And God will take care of all of that. And then sometime when he take care of you, be like, oh, I didn't want you to do them that bad. <laughs> See, if you got Christ really in you, you'd be like, God, don't even, just give them a pass. They crazy. Don't even blame that on their heart. Blame it on their head. Come on, somebody. Patience will get you out of trouble. Go to Genesis 50. No, 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 no. Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, go to Genesis 50, 20. So we're talking again. Patience will get you out of trouble. Look at this. Uh, it says, but as for you, you meant evil against me. This is Joseph telling, talking to his brothers. This is after he becomes that dude, as they say today. Now all of a sudden, he's that guy. So it says, but as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. So we can actually say God meant it for good. It was good that Joseph was in the pit. Because Joseph was really spoiled. When you really do your research or you study the book of Genesis, uh, he was the one of the next to the youngest son, amen, next to Benjamin, and jo Jacob spoiled him. Amen. He had favor. I mean, come on, he made a coat of many colors for him and left all the other brothers hanging. So when the brothers saw an opportunity, they began to seize the moment. Not only did they throw him in the pit, but the Bible says that they came up with this grand idea. When they saw the Israelites coming, the Bible says they pulled him out of the pit and then they sold him into slavery. Isn't that interesting? Then he goes into slavery. He has favor. Then he, you know, all we all know about what happened with, with um, Potiphar's wife. Then we see him going to jail. Amen. So he goes from the pit to the prison because you can't not go to the palace and tippy-toe around pits. It's necessary that you go through these things. Now go back to Genesis 50. He says, but, 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 but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Look at all the people that Joseph Gift saved because he had the gift of interpretation. Amen? Look at all the people. When you really look back over your life, it's a, it's a blessing when you really look back that somebody did you wrong. Cause why? Because it pushed you more to God. Or at least it should have. When people have betrayed you, people have let you down, people have disappointed you, it's things like that that drives us even closer to God. And then what does it do? It gives us the spiritual stamina that we need. Amen. So when we hit a wall again with somebody, we don't fall all out because we've come to a place where we've gotten delivered from people. Do I have anybody in here that's been delivered from some things? You've been not only delivered from maybe alcoholism or lying, but God even delivered you from people. I'm talking about people's opinion. Because people are going to have an opinion about you, but at the end of the day, you don't let them come in and rent space in your head. Matter of fact, somebody here tonight, you need to evict somebody that's been in your mind. Somebody that's been under your skin. It's time for you to serve an eviction notice on those people that you've allowed, amen, to be crawling all up on your skin. They didn't go all up in your, under your skin, all up in your head. It's time for you to let go and let God. Somebody give God a praise in this place somebody scream let it go I know they did you wrong boo but you need to let it go
Come on, Paul said in Philippians 3 and 13, I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. He said, I'm pressing, I'm reaching toward the things that are before me. It's time for you to let it go. Let go of that divorce. Let go of that relationship that went south. Let go of that person that raped you when you was five years old. Let it go. Let me help somebody tonight. Let me help somebody. The act will always be of how people have done us. But the pain that was associated with the act, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. You cannot keep living there. It's 2016. That happened in 74. Look at your neighbor and say, he preaching now. I done warmed up a little bit. <laughs> you got to let it go. Whatever it is, all of us in this building have been wrong some kind of way. Come on, one out of three women get molested. Girls, one out of five boys, which a lot of people don't know, get molested. Amen? If I started asking people to raise hands in this building right now, there would be a lot of hands going up. But we're not going to do that tonight. But all I'm saying is the act will always be. But the pain that was associated with the act, you got to let it go. And then don't even do it for that person. Do it for you because you have to live. God's got an anointing on your life. God wants to do some things in you, through you, and for you. And he don't need you walking around here carrying all kind of unnecessary unforgiveness luggage and whatnot. Somebody scream, let it go. I don't know why I went there tonight. That's the Holy Spirit. Somebody needed to hear that. The Bible says whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And let me drop something on you real quick. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't be waiting around for an apology from that person either. Somebody scream, do it for you. Do it for you. Me being a pastor, I counsel a lot of people that harbor unforgiveness. No, man, you got to let that stuff go. Amen? Do it for you. Man, we ain't, we've only been allotted a certain amount of time in this earth. We need to seize the moment. We got three enemies. You? That's in Romans chapter 7, verse 18. Under the well of no good thing in the flesh. Satan? 1 Peter 5, 8, he's going as a royal line, seeking who he may devour. Time. Uh, I got a lot of time, Pastor. Not according to James chapter 4, verse 14. Please put that up. Look at this. James chapter 4, verse 14. It says, uh, whereas uh, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. My son, who's uh, 17, just lost a 19-year-old friend uh, yesterday, two days ago in a car accident. 19, he's like, Dad, I was in sixth grade. She was in eighth grade, and now she's not even here. Today, I just got off the phone before I came in here. I had to pray for one of our members whose wife miscarried uh, yesterday, stillborn child. And the husband's on the phone saying, Pastor, why? So look, tomorrow, you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? Question mark, what is your life? You can't have a life if you're holding on to stuff. You can't have a life if you don't learn how to be patient. No patience, no promise. Then it says, what, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. 
Boy, you don't even want to know how many people I've had to bury. We've only been in this church for less than two years and had to bury all kind of folk. And a lot of the folks that we buried here were not our members, people that didn't have a church. One of the things that we do, and we don't charge them either, we say, just we'll do it. Because we look at that as a time in evangelism. One funeral, we got like 20-some people saved in that funeral. We ain't on nobody, but we got 22 people saved. <laughs> God had me deviate that way. But nevertheless, number one, why patience? Patience prevents you from acting premature. Number two, patience will get you out of trouble. Number three, why patience? Be patient with the weak. Go to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 14. Look at this. It's very good scripture. I love this scripture. I wish I would have knew this scripture when I first started pastoring. It says, now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Be patient with all. But in the interest says, uphold the weak. Then it says, be patient with all. How many of us have been impatient with our children before? All right, praise the Lord. Okay, I ain't by myself. Where you like, when you gonna get it? What's wrong with you? But I've learned to change my strategy up. I've learned, because look at the text one more time. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. You know, the most patient person that I believe that was in the Bible is in Luke chapter 15, verse 17. Put this up real quick. Luke 15, 17. Luke 15. But, but, but when it came, he came. Y'all know the story about the prodigal son. He, he came to himself. He said, now most of y'all know, he was out there. The Bible says that he got his inheritance and he spent it on harlots. Was not up to no good. But the Bible says he came to himself. Anybody, you came to yourself. You was doing some things that you know you ain't had no business doing, but you came to yourself. A lot of times we, we put the focus on the, on the son, but I'm going to flip it and put it on the father in just a minute. So it says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? Boy, ain't that a revelation? He realized I'm out here broke, busted, and disgusted. It don't have to be. My dad's servants running around here, got, got, they got bread to spare. In other words, even the serve, my dad's servants are living in overflow. Next verse. Then it says, and, and I will arise and I'm going to go to my father. And I, I will say to him, Father, I, I've sinned against heaven and before you. Then it says, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, I love that. Even when his son's life was off, he was still there. He was a great way off. His father saw him and he had compassion and he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. Next verse. And the son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven, against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to even be called your son. Next verse. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet. My whole reason for bringing this up, look at the patience of the father. 
You know, it's interesting, after the father gave him his inheritance, the Bible, nowhere in the text does the Bible ever say he went looking for his son. Sometimes you got to just let him go. I know as parents, isn't that hard? You know, me and my wife were talking before she left, because you know I've been, I've been messing with y'all on Sundays, saying I've gone from parenting to consulting. But we know parenting never stops. Can I get a witness up? I'd just be tripping, you know. But my point is this, she says, it's hard for me to let go. And I said, sometimes what's hard is for you to let go of the control. Come on, because you had him in a headlock at 8, but you can't put him in a headlock at 18. Can I get a witness? You can try if you want to, but they will run away. Can I get a witness up in here? So sometimes you got to just let them go and just have the patience of the prodigal. See, we always talk about the prodigal son because the word prodigal, when you look it up in the Greek, it means to be reckless and wasteful. And so... He was obviously reckless and wasteful, but when he came to himself, his father was waiting. His father didn't sit him down and start pointing out everything he'd done. His father, because see, a lot of us would be like, I can't believe you took my money. You didn't slip with all them hoes, and what's, what's wrong with you? I taught you better than that. I trained you up in the way that you were supposed to go, and when you get old, you weren't supposed to part. You know how we do. That's why y'all laughing. We taught you better than that. I can't believe you did that. Sometimes we need to be like, I can't believe you did that. Because there's probably some things that we ain't even shared with them. I mean, no, you don't share everything with your kids. I know some of y'all was horrible, but they don't need to know the whole story. <laughs> so my point is this. Look at the patience of the father. He didn't go and start, you did this. But you know who did that was the elder brother. When he, the elder brother came home, if you read this whole chapter, he comes on the scene, he like, what's going on? And the servants are like, man, you didn't hear? Your brother here. You know, he's back now. And he was like, so what's all this music going on? Well, well, daddy ain't never threw me a banquet when I was out there. And the dad had to explain to him, son, you got access to everything I got. Isn't that interesting how he come up with that religious spirit like, well, you haven't done nothing for me. And you got access to the refrigerator, all the cars, even though the PIN number, the, 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 the debit card. And you up there talking about, well, you ain't never done. You got a roof over your head. On the pay, family payroll. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But I love how the father even told the, son, the eldest son. In other words, he was saying, man, it's time for us to rejoice. This is, you know, let's pray that he, you know, he, my son was found and he didn't die of AIDS. In other words, let's look at the big picture, son. Amen. But my point is, is focusing on the father, the patient. He knew his son was weak. He knew his son fell weak. When your children fall weak, that's not a time to stomp them. That's a time. The Bible says to go back to 15 Thessalonians. It says to the weak. Look at this. It says to, to uphold, uh, uphold the weak, be patient with all. And remember I said, remember back at, remember I said when I, I wish I knew this scripture when I first started pastoring. Because when people fell weak, I'd go off on them. What's wrong with you? You're a minister here. You're an elder here. But then God had to re re give me a revelation that we're all still human. And he was letting me know you ain't exempt either. Put up Galatians 6 and 1. You know, I got a scripture for everything. Galatians 6 and 1. It says, brethren, if, if, if a man is overtaken uh, in a trespass, you, you are spiritual. It says, restore such one in the spirit of what? 
have to be so harsh. We've got to be patient. Then it says, with the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself. Yo, somebody say yourself. Lest you also be tempted. You understand what I'm saying? So number one, patience presents us, prevents us from acting premature. Patience will get you out of trouble. Be patient with the weak. Number four, we're almost done. Patience, patience will bring your desires to pass. Go to Psalm 37 and 4. Patience will bring your desires to pass. Look at this. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Next verse. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. He said, listen, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart, but I need you to be committed to me. I need you to trust me. But it doesn't finish there. Keep going. Look at this. He shall bring forth your righteousness as a light and your justice as noonday. Now, this is where I want to go. Verse 7. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. See, we got to learn how to rest in what God is getting ready to do. I believe that's how we get rid of the spirit of anxiety. We got to learn how to even just learn how to rest that God's got everything under control. Anybody in this building believe that God has everything under control? Everything under control. He's omnipresent. Amen? So it says rest. So you need to rest in that he's Jehovah Jireh, that he's your provider. You got to rest in the fact that if you're sick in your body, that he's Jehovah Rapha, that he's a God that can heal. If you're going through with anxiety, you got to rest in the fact that he is Jehovah Shalom, that he is our peace. Amen. So we said rest in the Lord. Wait. Somebody say wait. Patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. So he's telling us, listen, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart, but I need you to be committed. I need you to trust me. I need you to learn how to rest in me. I, and the last thing is he says, I need you to wait patiently. Patiently. Put that back up, please. Wait patiently for him. Then at verse 8, cease from a anger. Stop being angry because it hasn't happened. Now, God says in Ephesians 4, 26, don't have to go there. He said, be angry, but sin not. But he's telling us, listen, just because it hasn't happened and because you see other people that are prospering from wicked schemes, don't be angry. It says, cease from being, ang from being angry. Then it says, and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. This is where I want to go. Verse, this, our, 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 for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait, in other words, those that are patient on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. Didn't say nothing about inheriting heaven. You already know that's where you're going. We know 2 Corinthians 5 and 8 says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But he said there are some things that if you learn how to just be committed, trust me, rest in me, wait patiently. Then go back to verse 9 again, verse 9. 30, 30, 37, it says they shall inherit the earth. How many believe there's some things on the earth that God wants you to inherit? Amen. Because I know some of us grew up, amen, praise the Lord, y'all. Some of us grew up, you know, I grew up in that, you know, traditional, you know, uh, God wants you to have holy hands and empty pockets. If, if he gives you some money, you might lose your mind. How many of you know the devil is alive? 
Amen. I believe that there are some people that God is raising up that have the character that they can be able to be trusted with millions of dollars. Amen. I prophesy that over you in the name of Jesus that he will release millions because the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the what? Righteous. Amen. So then it says, then, then, so, so, the, so my fourth point was patience will bring your desires to pass. Amen. The last thing because of time. Patience will bring the promises of God to pass. Go to Hebrews chapter uh, 6, verse 10 real quick. Hebrews 6 and 10. So patience will bring your desires to pass. And patience will even bring the promises of God to pass. And remember this, the book of Corinthians, I believe it is, says that the promises of God are yes and amen. And when you look throughout this Bible, literally there's over 2,000 promises in this Bible. Look at this real quick. It says, for God is not unjust to forget your work. That's a promise. He said, I'm not going to forget. Thank God that people might get amnesia, but how many of you know God doesn't get amnesia? He said, God is, he's not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. Everything you've done is because you're doing it unto him. He doesn't forget that. And that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Next verse. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That you do not become sluggish. Just because it hasn't happened, people of God, don't get sluggish. Don't lose heart. See, what a lot of you don't know, here it is, God has blessed me. Amen, with these 10 acres to let me be the pastor over this church. But when I accepted my calling at 24 and started pastoring or preaching at 25, I was preaching in the Dupavilla Projects on 20th Street in Roosevelt. That's where my dad's church was. We were there for almost 20 years, but that's where I would go. And I would help men get off drugs, and I would put them in what we had called back then Rama Houses because my dad's church is called Rama Christian Center. So I would get those gentlemen, we had three houses, and we had 12 beds, I would get those men off the street, I would help them get jobs being painters, I would help them get jobs being telemarketers. These are the things that I was doing early on at 25 and not on the payroll. That's why when God says, I'm not unjust, or I, I won't forget with the labor that you've shown, God has not forgot all that, because look at how he's rewarded me some years later. Sometime greater is later. Amen? Now, God has done Ephesians 3.20 exceedingly, abundantly, above, more than I can even imagine or even think. I didn't know preaching in the Dupavilla projects and getting men, helping men get off alcoholism and drugs, amen, and bringing them into the Rhema houses and doing Bible studies with them, amen, would get me to a place like this. But God was watching then. He like, my God in heaven, if he doing all this for free, one day I'm going to be able to bless him, and I know he's going to really do it. I can't wait to get off of Kingdom in the Valley's payroll. But right now, I got to get a check because I got bills like y'all. But due season, amen, if one of my books hit the New York Times seller list, like Joel Osteen, one of his books, latest book did $13 million. Amen, if I, if I make that, why? Well, there's no need. I'll do this for free. Got $13 million laying around. Come on, somebody. I'll be showing up like this. <laughs> but look at this. Go, go, stay right here. 
that you do not become sluggish. No, don't get sluggish because it hasn't happened. Stay patient. But Im imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. I love that. But imitate those. He's talking about those people that came before us. People like Joseph that had to be patient for 13 years before God elevated him. People like David who had to get uh, uh, attempted murder by Saul 22 times before God took care of Saul. But go, go back. So it says don't get sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience, it's through faith and patience, people of God, that we inherit the promises. Next verse. Then it says, for when God made a promise to Abram, Abraham, because he couldn't swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Love that. God will have a conversation with himself because he don't have to check in with nobody. He said, I'm a, I swear I'm going to bless you, Abraham. I swear, Reggie, I'm about to bless you. I'm not unrighteous to forget the labor that you've shown and toward the people of God and toward me. And I'm saying that to you as well. So go back, go back, and we're almost done. When God made a promise to Abraham because he couldn't swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, somebody say, surely. Blessing, I will bless you, and I will multiply you. I will multiply you. Next verse. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Because he patiently endured. He obtained the promise. People of God, I dare you to patiently endure. You will obtain the promises of God because the promises of God are yes and amen. Somebody give God a hand praise on tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, stay patient.